Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, January 15, 2018. Today we are reading from the Big Book, Chapter 1, and we're on page 15, the first paragraph. Today's readers are, for the 12 Steps, Anita L., 12 Traditions, Amanda S., and reading the text are Lisa B. and Allison L., the reference number for Sunday, January 14th, is 10,918. That's 10918. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Anita L. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. This is Anita L. from outside Philadelphia, the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and have a good day, everybody. I pass. Thank you, Anita. I will now ask Amanda S. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. May I be heard? Yes. Okay. Good morning, everyone. This is Amanda S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. 
two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Amanda. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Okay. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 15, paragraph one. I will ask Lisa B. to begin reading. She'll just read the one paragraph, my wife and I. Okay, go ahead, Lisa. Good morning. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. My wife and I abandoned ourselves with enthusiasm to the idea of helping other alcoholics to a solution of their problems. It was fortunate for my old business associates remained skeptical for a year and a half, during which I had little work. I was not too well at the time, and I was plagued by waves of self-pity and resentment. This sometimes nearly drove me back to drink. But I soon found that when all other measures failed, work with another alcoholic would save the day. Many times I had gone to my old hospital in despair. On talking to a man there, I would be amazingly lifted up and set on my feet. 
It's a design for living that works and rough going. And there's so much in this paragraph, and I'll just start, you know, in the beginning. That word abandon is a really um, important word, and it means give up completely. So, you know, they don't really use the word uh, surrender too much, you know, in this book. Um, but they talk about it and how it works, that we ask his protection and care, care with complete abandon. So Bill is seeing that he is able to completely abandon. He's given up completely because his way isn't working. And then um, enthusiasm is intense and eager enjoyment with passion. And it's easy to do that when I'm awake and aware. But if I'm just using a meeting-based sobriety or tool-based abstinence, um, I'm not really feeling this in my heart and in my soul, and I'm almost kind of like a robot, you know, just uh, you know, doing things. But he's been he's been woken up because of this plan of action, and he he's alive, he's awake, he's aware. So it's easy then to to be enthusiastic because he's got a, pro, a solution to this problem, and that's the other word. You know, solution is a means of solving a problem. And when I look at that word solution, there's a chapter titled, you know there is a solution. But it also says in that chapter that the tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. Um, so he's, he's, he's on fire. You know, he's seeing that there is something that happens to him when he goes to be a vessel and transmit this to others. And then when he's talking about not being too well at the time, well, I mean, I could really identify with that. This is a, a plan, a program that takes time and even though I'm, I'm recovered, I do get plagued by self-pity. And self-pity is self-absorption. It's excessive thought of myself. And I am addicted to myself. And this program is amazing. It teaches me that the only way that I can keep what I have is to share it with others. But also that um, it's a bottomless pit. And the more I focus on me, I just fall into it and I can't ever get out. It's like quicksand. And then when he talks about a design, that's a a map, a blueprint. <clears throat> this really is a design for living that works and rough going. And there's so many phases or phrases in the big book that remind me of that. In working with others, it says that we know that you will not want to miss it. Frequent contact with newcomers and with each other is the bright spot of our lives. Um, you know, there's just there's so much here. But I think for me, the biggest part that I can share with my own experience is being willing to step out of that middle of the road, that gray area. And that's the brutality of this disease. It allows us to live and go on and function in life. But it wasn't until I got entirely abstinent and totally clean off of all of my substances and my alcoholic food behaviors and worked with another recovered compulsive overeater that I was able to absorb this information. And now I can carry it. I do have a message to carry, and I can do it enthusiastically. And I know that it is the solution for me, that it's about getting out of myself and being of service to others and trusting in my higher power. Time. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, if you just joined us, we're on page 15, the very first paragraph that starts with my wife and I ending with works and rough going, and we're going to comment on that one paragraph. Who would like to comment? Larry K. Rita K. Harlan G. Laura G. Yes, R. Okay, I heard a Laura something, Nessa R. Vasa O. Okay. I have Larry K, Rita Harlan K, G. 
Harlan G, Nessa R, Vasa O. Anyone else? First group? Okay, well, let's go with that. Larry Kay, you're up, followed by Rita Kay. Rita. Good morning, Kate, Katie. Good morning. Thanks so much for your service. This is Larry Kay. I'm a recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. You know, we read here that Bill was, uh, you know, Bill Bill was recovered at this point. Okay, he had a spiritual awakening at this point, and and nonetheless, it talks about. It says that um, it was fortunate for my, uh, you know, uh, for my business. My busy, uh, my business associates remained skeptical for a year and a half during which I found little work. You know, this guy, this was not easy for him. And uh, and he and he talks about the challenge. And but when we work with others, I, I can remember when I, I I was skeptical when I f- first was recovered. I w- you know I'm reflecting back now because I had always gone back to the food at some point. I had found sobriety for a period of time, but I would always end up invariably going back to the food and uh and and i felt like well when's the shoe going to drop and i wonder if bill also felt you know when's the shoe going to drop but there was something divine that happened to him there was some intuitive sense that that in the midst of the skepticism perhaps in the midst of of feeling a little bit a, a little bit scared about the trajectory that his recovery was taking here that that reaching out to another alcoholic was his his best option here and i also felt the same way i wonder if over time he felt more confident uh by the grace of god he felt more confident in his sobriety i I, my guess would be he did i i feel a little bit more confident i i know that god has done this for me that i didn't do it for myself but there's been so many times when i have reached out to another addict in the midst of whatever the calamity is going on in my life, because you know, the storm is either in your life right now or it's on its way. And that sounds real pessimistic, but so too is the ability to transcend that through this way of life. And I know the greatest gift that I've been given is the ability to carry the message. And when I carry the message to another person, to another still suffering person, and we carry, sometimes it's a recovered person and we carry the message to each other. But when I do that, I'm set on firm, firm ground. And there's just, and, and, and so I can identify in with Bill. I can relate to Bill that this was the most important thing that I could do is to continue to carry this message. So grateful for this way of life. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Okay, now we have Rita Kay. Thank you so much, and thanks for your service. My name is Rita Kay from Kansas. And I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. You know, the one that, the sentence that that jumps out at me is the very last one. It is a design for living that works in rough going. And, you know, for me, words stand out. And so the word design there, there, there there's a definition that also jumped out for me. You know, it's the, the intention behind the action, you know, or the motivation. And I heard someone once say that your motives. Uh, a, a definition for motives could be why do you do the things you do and who do you do them for? 
And uh, as a matter of fact, it ended up being kind of a song that they did, you know, to describe motive for, to children. And so that, that's what really stands out to me is that why am I doing this? And the times that I send the text, you know, just a short text sometimes, you know, to, to, another, pro, to another program person, um, you know, hi, how's your day? A lot of times it's because I am down or I am feeling like, like, like Bill was feeling here, you know, self-pity or resentment or just a down day, and reaching out to others, even if it's by text message, I have found, you know, is an uplift. When I get that, when I get just a short message back, you know, knowing that somebody else is walking the same road that I am walking, knowing that I am not alone, and that's also my purpose, my intention in reaching out to people and calling people or, you know, or, or texting or whatever, you know, is in saying to them, you are not alone in this, in this um, you know, on this road. And that means so much, and that's something that Bill is pointing out to us, you know, uh, um, you know, in reaching out to others. It's something that we have to do in order to maintain our own strength, in order to also maintain my spiritual growth. Because for me, this is all a part of spirituality. And so that's something that I have learned and I'm learning even more on a day-by-day basis because I can forget and I can just isolate and realize, wait, I need to come out of this funk and go ahead and reach out. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Rita. Okay, Harlan G., you're up, followed by Nessa R. Is that me? Harlan, yes. Oh, sorry. Okay. I was unmuting and I didn't, I wasn't, okay, I'm sorry. I'm Harlan G., I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. Thank you, Katie. Thank you for your service and thank you to Team Monday. The disease of compulsive overeating is a disease of a, an attitude of always being defeated. It's a disease of always feeling bad about yourself for me. I don't know how it is for somebody else. I know how it is for me. There's a sentence in here that answers a question to a phone call that I must get 150 times a year. The phone call is from somebody who feels really bad, who's working the steps to the best of their ability, but they're just down. They're having a bad day. And this half this sentence here, this sometimes nearly drove me back to drink, but I soon found that when all other measures failed, work with another alcoholic would save the day. There is something that happens inside of me when I get out of poor me. And I love being in poor me. Oh, poor me. (laughs) But when I get out of poor me and I help somebody else, there is something in my brain that makes me feel better. Many times I have gone to my old hospital in despair. I'm talking to a man there. I would be amazingly lifted up and set on my feet. It is a design for living that works in rough going. This altruism, this Oxford group, this Oxford group practice of being of service to someone else works. It makes me feel closer to God and further away from a Kit Kat bar. The Kit Kat bars and the Oreo cookies may be dancing and singing and doing tricks to try to get me over to the dark side. 
But when I go out and I do service for somebody else, it just makes them quiet and it brings God closer and it works in rough going. It works in any type of weather. It is fantastic. It just works. And with that, I will pass. Thanks. Thank you, Harlan. Okay, now we have okay. Nessa R. followed by Basa O. Uh, you said Laura initially? Laura G., you're going to be up after Vasa. Okay, got it. Okay, thanks. Hi, this is Nessa R. Did you call on me? Yes, I did. Thank you. Um, good morning, Vision for You. It's Nessa R., our recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, so why did Bill wrote these inspired words? Um, I don't think he did it in order to set very high standards for us. He, he wrote it um, out of personal experience, beginning with that one spring day in Akron, Ohio, when his business had fallen through and he was totally broke. And he had no money even to pay his hotel bill. And he was standing in front of that bar in the, uh, at the hotel, you know, considering taking a drink. Uh, then he made a beeline for the phone booth and made a few phone calls that led him to Dr. Bob, i.e. the first time that another alcoholic worked directly with another alcoholic, and that saved the day for him. Um, he still had no money. He still didn't know how to pay his, his, uh, his hotel bill, but, but this is the most important thing. He stayed sober. And so, you know, this is, this is uh, a big warning for me and a big inspiration for me because when I start making excuses about not, uh, you know, in order to keep me from sponsoring, then I really got to examine my motives. You know, when I first recovered, I was very nervous about taking on sponsees, you know, and that was just false pride. It was total false pride, self-seeking um, fearful behavior because, like, you know, I'm not knowledgeable. I'm not like my sponsor. I don't know these things. I don't know what to do, you know. And um, it was, um, you know, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. You know, when somebody wants to recover, um, they can have the worst sponsor in the world and they will recover. And if somebody doesn't want to recover, um, they can have the best sponsor in the world and they will not recover. So, you know, it is very self-seeking to think that it is about me to make people recover. All I have to do is work with others and pass on what I know. You know, um, do I know more than I did six years ago when I took on my first sponsee? Yeah, I did, I do. But it's still not about me. It is not my job to make people recover. It is just my job to try to carry the message, and I need to remember that, you know, and I've seen, I've seen people who put off the sponsoring. Well, you know, I really don't have time now. I'm too busy at work, or my life is too hard right now. I'm having trouble with my children, or, you know, I'm planning a wedding, or, you know, whatever, and I've seen those people pick up, you know, working steps 1 to 11, even in absolute abstinence, um, won't work um, if we don't sponsor, if we don't carry the message. There is something about working with others that, as it says in the book, ensures immunity. So if I don't want to sponsor, if um, I lose a sponsee and I don't want to uh, fill that spot with another sponsee, I really got to look 
at myself very seriously because it is not about the sponsoring, then it's about me and my false pride because, you know, it is in working with others that, um, that, we, uh, that we remain immune to, uh, to picking up uh, the food again. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa. Okay, Vasa O, you're up, followed by Laura G, and then we'll take another group. Thank you, Katie, so much for your service, and good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive Vida, calling from Florida. I couldn't give it away until I got it. I had my spiritual experience, like Bill did, after many, many, many years of pain and suffering with the food addiction, and I was ready and willing to surrender and abandon myself to a higher power greater than myself in, in my desperation. Please help me, God, on my knees. That's the way I did. And my, it didn't matter. I did what my sponsor did. Some people can do it differently, you know, in bed or on a chair. It doesn't matter, but that's the way I did it. Um, and uh, I, you know, it from being a grazer all day long to be going to three meals a day, that's for me, you know. It was a torture, you know, not to put anything in my mouth, just water or whatever, you know. And But I need to go through the pain and the suffering, you know, to put the food down and just, you know, keep going to God and praying and working my program. And, you know, yes, I had bad days and good days being abstinent, but I needed to abstain. Uh, you know, when I got the temptation to eat those uh, my alcoholic foods, I needed to resist, you know, to say no, you know, Satan or no um, disease, you know, I can't do this because it's going to kill me. And my husband was not thrilled, you know, like it says, Bill, Bill says here, my wife and I abandoned ourselves with enthusiasm to the idea of helping other alcoholics to a solution of their problem. My husband was not thrilled. He didn't want me to do what I was doing. But deep down, I knew I needed to do because it was going to kill me. He didn't like the changes. And he, I remember him saying, oh, this is just another phase. This is not going to work, you know. I'll give you a week or two weeks, and you're going to go back into the food. But I thank God. I thank God I stuck with it. And I didn't feel like I was good enough to be a sponsor at the beginning either. You know, I felt uncomfortable. But gradually, you know, yeah, I made mistakes, you know, I I wanted to bring, you know, when I was chasing people, oh, come on, go to a meeting, come on, let's read the steps, or let's do this and that. After a while, you know, I was playing God, no, that God is in control, you know. I needed to pray for those people and put them in God's hands and keep the focus on myself and, and stay with the people that are, that, were, that are willing and they want to work the program. I'm not responsible, like other people are not responsible for my recovery, I needed to take responsibilities, but I love to give it away. That's, you know, I'm, I'm, it's such a, I'm so grateful to have, have received all the, the free gift, you know, that I looked for many, many years and to have it today. And I'm gladly and happily to give it away. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Bossa. Okay, Laura G., you're up. Star one to unmute. Am I being heard? Yeah, now you are. 
Thanks, thanks, moderator. Uh, this is Laura G, a compulsive overeater in California. And um, I was thinking about how the um, the unity of the of um, Bob and his wife, how um, you know they did it together, and it it makes me think of another thing I think about often. Wherever two are gathered, um, you know it gets pow- it gets more powerful when um, you're connected to somebody. And I remember hearing that um, this weekend, you know, in, in regards to um, you know we survive in strength and that. Another thing I heard that I always think about is, um, you know, we we survive better in our herd, and um, so when I think of the paragraph, when I when the paragraph, what I get take away from the paragraph is that it's just more powerful when you are connected to somebody, and they knew that, and they had the support of each other to go and be and offer and, and what, whatever that means in the bigger picture, I don't know, but it keeps coming up. I mean, that's what I'm thinking about. They had each other and that was, that was stronger because we get stronger in, in our, you know, our togetherness. And I'm thinking about, I have a lot of fear about being a sponsor because I know that it holds a high level of responsibility or at least that's what I connect it to. Um, so, um, I heard something this morning about, um, you know, if you don't got it, you can't give it. And sometimes I think I don't got it, but I don't really know for sure. So I'll I'll take more time and I'll pray and meditate about it and I'll ask, you know, I'll ask for guidance because that's the only way I'm going to figure it out. I'm not going to figure it out through another human, and that's what I tend to want to do. I want to think that I can do that. I can figure it out with this information or that information or you know, sometimes maybe it will come through through other people in regards to, again, that we are stronger in in our herd. But in the end, it's not going to come probably through to a human. It's got to come through through my higher power, and and I'm starting to get that. And with that, I pass. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Laura. Okay, if you're just joining us, we're on page 15, the first paragraph, my wife and I abandoned ourselves ending with that same paragraph that works in rough going. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Leah S. Nancy and Piara. Leah S., Nancy R., Melissa Jennifer H. H. Melissa C., and someone H. Jennifer H. Jennifer H., okay. Maggie A. Maggie A. Okay. Let's go with those five. Frida A. Um, I'm sorry, Frida say it again? A. Frida I A. I can't understand you. Rita A? I'm sorry, Frida A. Oh, Frida A. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So let's go with Leah F., Nancy R., Melissa C., Jennifer A., Maggie A., and Frida A. Great. Go ahead, please, Leah F. Thank you so much. This is Leah S. A. Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Brooklyn, New York. Okay. Um, I was plagued by waves of self-pity and resentment. This is um, this is my negative my negativity part, where a red flag has to start coming up in my brain. This is um, going into uh, 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 
it, it just always does bring me down and 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 the times when i'm when i'm feeling negative things about myself or about those around me is the times that i have to work my program even harder than anything else it says over here that he would go into the lion's den he would go back into the hospital where the the most uh, severe cases are and he would try to help them remember i try whatever i do i try and i just have to start uh trying and then somehow uh i uh, there's a power that is really greater that just overtakes everything and i start feeling better about myself so um by going out and doing service whatever service it is that you can do nobody's asking what what we cannot do or what we cannot say or what we do not have this is a program of my own experience and my own strengths and my own hopes that i can carry this message for and that's what i learned from this paragraph thank you for letting me share i pass Thank you so much, Leah S. Okay, Nancy R., you're up. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you. Um, and thanks to everyone who shared this morning. Uh, my name is Nancy R. I'm truly a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. And uh, today I'm really <clears throat> happy that I have a design for living. Uh, before um, I came into Overeaters Anonymous, and particularly before I became recovered, I really had no plan for, for you know, for living life. Every day I just got up and did the day. And when the calamity came or anything, my plan was to eat. That was my design for living, to use food. I wasn't aware of it, but that was my uh, plan. That that was my desire. That was the system I operated under as a com- as an active compulsive overeater. Happy, glad, sad, bored, otherwise eat. But today, this um this program has given me a system. I have a an orderly way that I live my life every day. I get up in the morning. I do my prayer, and my meditation. I um. Uh, I plan, prepare my food. Uh, I know what I'm going to eat for the day. I uh, I do. I live in 10, 11, and 12. I talk to sponsees every morning, and uh, I talk to people when uh, when they call or text. I mean, that's my system. So life life happens. Life hit me real hard uh, last week. Very hard. I'm going to a funeral. A young relative totally unexpected, and uh, I have a system for dealing with that today. Uh, picking up food never entered my mind. Why? Because I have a design for living, and God has put new people in my life calling me. Uh, people have reached, have reached out to me, so when I talk with people and share my pain, um, shared and written uh, t- 10 steps, the problem is resolved. There's nothing I can do about uh, God's design for other people's lives. What I can seek to do is find out what God's will is for me. 
And uh, my will is to go and offer solace to his parents who are devastated by the loss of their child. And um, um, most of all, prepare how I'm going to get through the food issues while I'm traveling in there. Uh, before, I would have just packed up and, went, you know, went off and joined the pity party. But today, uh, I have a design for living. That's what I love so much, that this program, the 12 Steps, give us a design for living that works in all situations. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Nancy, and I'm so sorry for your loss. Okay, Melissa C., you're up, followed by Jennifer H. Hi, good morning. It's Melissa C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. And, um, you know, what, what I love here is, um, and I laugh when uh, he says he's fortunate that his old business uh, associates remain skeptical, you know, and that he found little work. Um, because this is the same guy that um, felt he, he had arrived when he had financial success. And, you know, and you would think that his reason perhaps for um, wanting to get sober was to fix his family's financial crisis. You know, just like my reasons for wanting to get abstinent was so that I could fix my physical body, you know, so that I could look good. And so I could, you know, I could relate because um, I became recovered way before I looked physically recovered. I mean, that's the truth for me. And I think um, some of the obstacles that I've heard people share with me um, who who do have large amounts to weight to lose is how could I possibly offer myself as recovered or as a sponsor if I'm still overweight? And, you know, it doesn't say here that Bill waited until he was a huge financial success before he carried the message to other people. And I would wonder, you know, did he ever think sometimes people are thinking, my God, you you can't even rub, you know, uh, two cents together, and you're going to tell me about a, a way of life, you know, a, a design for living that works? And um, that's my ego, you know, thinking that I have to have this outward um, demonstration that I have to look a certain way to have value. And we're not promised to grow in skinniness and beauty. You know, I've shared that before. We're, we're promised to grow in usefulness and effectiveness. And, you know, the truth for me was that um, I had something important to share and give and, and work with other people. Um, and luckily for me, my body was um, changing as I did it, you know. So today I might look physically like a normal person, but there was great value in what I had to offer along the way um, when it didn't yet look that way. And, um, and it should not be an obstacle. If you're, if you're abstinent, if you're entirely abstinent and you're recovered and you are, you know, and our definition of abstinence is not skinny yet, you know, it's, um, it's working towards a healthy body or maintaining a healthy body. And, um, so I'm grateful that it took my body a while because if it, if it happened for me quick, my experience every time I lost it quick, every time anything happened for me quick, was I thought it was me and I thought I didn't have to do anything for you. And um, so a real beautiful gift, just like he was fortunate, I was fortunate. It took my body a while 
to look recovered and um, thank you with that all pass. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Melissa C. Jennifer H., you're up, followed by Maggie A. Good morning. This is Jennifer H. from Virginia. Um, I had an experience this past week where first I was sick with the flu and then my family was. And the waves of self-pity and resentment came up and I texted somebody in the program and they said, well, what helps me is working with another compulsive reader. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to hear that. I want pity you know, from somebody else. But that's what happened. What helped me do better was to stop focusing on how gross things were around my house, but instead to reach out to other people. Um, and I'm just amazed and blessed that, you know, absence continued even through illness. And um, I just finished working through step nine and I'm working on 10 and 11. And I, I really feel this need to abandon myself with enthusiasm to reaching out with other people and helping other people um, because I feel like I've been very... Um, uh, focused on myself, I guess. So um, I just wanted to, re- to kind of force myself to share this morning to put my name out there. And um, you know, this design of living works. And I was in OA a long time ago and left for a while and nothing else worked. Um, but coming back and abandoning myself to working this program with a sponsor is working. And I want to keep that going by um, doing exactly what he did and reaching out to others. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Jennifer. Maggie A, you're up. Maggie A, star one to unmute. Hi, this is Maggie A. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Thank you. Sorry about that. I was talking. Um, In any event, um, thank you for letting me share, and thank you for all the shares that have gone previously. And I have been recovered now after many years of in and out of relapse for about six months, gratefully so, and have been have experienced the neutrality with food. Um, this weekend, however, I've been I was really stuck in self pity around some financial issues, and a lot of why me, why me, and for the first time in six months, that thought of, you know, screw it, I'm just going to eat. I need to get the edge off. Um, and and even not not that out, you know, it's so subtle. And But the thing is that the voice talks like me. It sounds like me. So, you know, there's that, oh, I'm going to eat and that fear. But I remembered this line. I'm so glad it's being talked about today. I remembered this line that work with other people helps when nothing else does. And so I started making phone calls to newcomers and I, one person answered and she was in the beginning of of her recovery and asked if I would share my story with her. And, And the beauty of that was in telling her my story, I got to rehearse, remember, um, what it's like, what it was like back then, six, eight months ago. And for the last uh, 14 years, I got to remember how this disease works, and I got to remember how hard it is to come back after relapse. Um, so that was, you know, this it, this really works, this, this working with others, because it keeps me, I forget. You know, when I'm in neutrality with the food, I forget how hard it is. So this was my um, reminder, and it also was a reminder that 
as someone else said earlier, I have a system and I have a program of action that actually works because after that phone call, all I could say was thank you. Thank you to the powers that be because I no longer wanted to eat. I no longer was believing that voice, that food was going to be the thing that would help me in this situation. And for that, I am eternally grateful and encourage people to just, you know, pick up the phone. It's hard for me to pick up the phone even now, but I know that this is this is what works. And uh, I'm just, just grateful today that I am still abstinent and recovered. So thank you for letting me share, and thank you for all the sharing that, that uh, took place today. And I pass. Thank you, Maggie. Okay, Frida A., you're up, and then we'll have time for a couple more. Frida A, star one to unmute. Okay, well, we seem to have lost. Okay, there you are. Yes, yes, no, no, I'm here, I'm here. Okay, great. I'm here. Good morning, uh, Frida A. Um, uh, I'm new to, this is my second meeting of uh, uh, Vision for You and uh, I'm happy to be here, and the, the first thing that I thought was uh, when I said that I was a newcomer the other day, uh, I received uh, 20, at least 20 calls or texts, quite impressed, and uh, well, I thought they are, they are all for me, but it's also, <laughs> reading this, it's also for them, which is really, really Wonderful, and this is the program, the way this program works. And uh, I know that uh, there is really uh, no service to me, to me more uplifting than uh, whenever I have uh, talked to a newcomer about program or anybody really in the outside world. And um, and also as far as me and my husband, you know, having as a solution, helping others uh, uh, to their problems. It has always, without exception. My husband is not is not an addict, but uh, it has always brought us to uh, uh, to uh, to the fundamental of. Um, it has always made us one. It has always united us uh, from foundation, uh, which is uh, spirituality. And uh, right now I'm new to, it was always my dream. Uh, I think my dream has become true that uh, I'm working the OA program and it was my dream and I just want my dream uh, to stay in my dream. And... uh, and then um, I've had a psychic change in the sense that after 49 years of uh, dieting and being into other food programs also, uh, I do not really, I'm totally released from the, uh, from the bondage of food and shame and guilt. Uh, and I was uh, thinking, I was asking, about uh, to my husband, so what do you think? (laughs) 
And he's usually not that skeptical. I'm the one who is really skeptical about uh, everything and anything, maybe by upbringing, maybe by disease, maybe I don't know, whatever it is. But uh, it was like um, it says here, uh, the, uh, the friends of uh, Bill were skeptical. My husband is kind of skeptical, but... Um, but... Uh, I'm I'm free after 49 years from the age of 13 till now and uh, um and the freedom came with the first diet at the age of 13 and I'm 62 now so it's about time and all these years I've been to program and uh there is nothing better than the, the design time. of living. yes Thank you very much. Okay, thank you so much, Frida. Okay, we have time for about three more people. Two and a half. Lauren A. Janet. Lauren A. Madam. Okay, I heard Lauren M. Or N. And I'm sorry, Matt M. And who else? Janice A. M. Janice A. Jen A. Okay, I'm sorry, Jen, we will not have time for you this morning, but you can stick around for the second hour, okay? Um, Lauren M., Matt M., Janice A.M. You each have two minutes, if you can do that. Good morning, this is Lauren N. checking in, and I have to say this, this working with other stuff works. It's amazing how it works. Um, I get into my head and if I get into my head and the best thing or the thing that looks the best is the goodies and eating and picking up and, and being in myself. And thank God I've learned through the help of you all on this line that that if I pick up the phone instead of picking up food, I get closer to God and I get closer to my what's good for me. And when I do that, excuse me, when I do that, I'm able to remain abstinent and I'm able to stay in the day and the moment and be useful to others. And how incredible is that? That when I'm feeling down, I can get myself out of it by helping someone else. Oh, thank you, God, for making me or for helping me do that when I feel bad. That's the way this program works, and it's, it's changed my life in ways that I could never have imagined. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Lauren. And Matt M., you're up, followed by Janice A.M. Thank you, Kate. This is Matt M. Good morning, everyone. Matt M., compulsive overeater. 
Um, yeah, Bill is um, definitely looking at this, and I'm saying to myself, have I really abandoned myself to this work? You know, it's not easy. It's a simple program of action, but it, it requires action. And that's not easy for me because uh, I've been lazy a lot, of my, a lot of my life, which is why I like, gained a lot of the weight. I thought eating was the easiest thing to do, the easiest path to take, and it's not. It's actually the harder for me because I put weight on and I get unhealthy and my health gets, you know, I get worse and worse and my mental status gets worse. And it's not an easy proposition either. So, you know, the road less travel I need to take, the one that's going to make, might be hard to walk that path, but I need to get on a path and stay on that path. And um, I've been struggling with a lot of the emotions and feelings that are coming up now, and uh, it's not easy for me, and I'm trying to do the best I can and trying to get honest and trying to get making phone calls to people and try to keep doing the next right thing. And um, I understand now. I ha- I've been trying to get a job, and it's not working for me, and I think there's always a reason why things are not happening the way that I, th- I think they should be happening. There must be a reason. So um, hopefully that everything will work out for itself, and I just got to take it one, one day at a time and focus on the next thing right in front of me, put my next foot forward. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Okay, Janice AM, you have three minutes. Thank you. Janice, we can't hear you. Okay, who would like to take the last? Can you hear me now? Oh, there you are. Yes, there you are. Uh Not sure what happened there. Sorry. This is Janice A.M., compulsive overeater from Texas. Good morning. I will definitely make this quick. Um, You know... It's about living the steps. Of course, there's work, there's action, but that doesn't mean, okay, when I get to step 10, 11, and 12, then I'll start reaching out. Then I'll, I'll, be, I'll, I'll have, you know, the spiritual awakening, yes, but that doesn't just automatically make it work. You have to live it. I'm not at the point of sponsoring yet. I'm still working my steps, but I can still reach out to others. I can still live by, you know, be that example to others. If people say, what's different now? You're looking good or, you know, what's working this time that didn't work before, then I'm proud to say that I'm a member of OA. This is, you know, the work that I'm doing. And, you know, it's up to someone else. If they are ready for that message and they want to come to me, then then that will happen. And that's, you know, my higher power will guide that. Um, but it's not for me to sit and wait and go, okay, well, when I'm ready to sponsor, then I'll start that process. If I don't live this every day, then I'm not going to get that much closer to recovery. So, you know, if you haven't recovered yet and you are working the steps and you are living this program, then, you know, any time and every day is a good time and day for that action and to work with others. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you so much, Janice. Okay, well, we're just about at the time to close the meeting, and I'll just say, you know, I work with others every day, and then when I'm having, um, can still get into, you know, into self-pity or or feel overwhelmed by life, and I can call even more newcomers. I mean, you know, when Bill wrote this, there were 100 members or 67 members or whatever it was, and we have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that we can be in touch with. And, you know, it's great to be in touch with people that know me, but then it's also great to just randomly call people that don't know me and see if I can be of service to them. And I'm just so grateful for this um, process. And with that, I'll pass. 
Okay, and thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Monday, January 15th, is 10,920. That's 10920. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Allison L. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, I will. Thank you. This is Allison L., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Ohio. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then, 